the background is we were having discussions after all of the episodes and realized that we were making some really good points. Uh, <laughs> Connecting the, some dots that were just you and I were hearing. <laughs> yeah, so like, hey, let's uh, record some of these. So uh, at least a semi-regular feature, if not a regular feature, will be some of these analyses, depending on how good, I guess, they turn out to be. Welcome to a bonus analysis and discussion episode with the hosts of the Path Distilled podcast. In these episodes, we talk about the guests that we just had on, how it connects to the guests we've had in the past, and give our take on what you've heard. Well, that was really exciting. I, I, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, what did you think? Because I'm used to having conversations with those two separately and together. So what were your thoughts? I know it seemed like I, I was glad you made the points you did because I'm sure because the three of us have talked separately, there was a little bit of maybe catching up. So thank you for doing that for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it was certainly a learning curve. And I think the, a lot of what I was, I guess, pushback for lack of a better word that I was providing was based on that. It was almost, uh, I thought of an analogy while we were ending the other call, but it was, uh, it was like the, if you have two different types of vehicles and you're determining which one you're going to use and only that term and then other things are not going to be called a vehicle or a car. I actually had it more fleshed out than that, but it seems stupid now. So <laughs> No, it's uh, really good. I think that's why, you know, when I got asked by Ask to do that video, I was like, the the gps thing resonated so much but even that as a tool is is such a a flexible tool in terms of it depends on how you use it you know like like i said i can i can roam around the city and that can be the goal and i could just pull my gps up occasionally to see where i'm at and what's around me or i can use it as like a more strict protocol of how to get from a to b but then i also have to there's things i have to watch out for no matter the approach i'm taking you know so i think that's why that always i was always i call myself you know um you know like a what did i say radical right in terms of my viewpoint and i always used to make my students laugh when i was teaching this when i was at at Barry university is you know i would say like when we got to the goals chapter, I'm like, okay, so my starting point here is I hate goals. And they were like, what? It's like a cornerstone of, you know, sport and performance psychology. I'm like, no, 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 let me explain. I just yeah. hate the oversimplification. Exactly. And I think once all the steps that were taken to get to that, <laughs> that point. Random points, yeah. Because I, I think it is uh, vague goals or goals that can't be adjusted counterproductive and um, it's almost like uh, if you if your goal is graduate college yeah that's a admirable goal but you don't really have any actionable things alone just by saying that so whether we call it plan of action as Adam preferred or some other technique or even if um, I guess to kind of my take on Joe's view is just do your best at whatever you're doing in the moment so if that be the schoolwork or whatever, you're still going to end up in the same place. Uh, I think I mentioned before the call that I found that I can't do the, uh, so I, I attempted over COVID to do take his approach and not use the scale for a while and it doesn't work yeah. for me. 
<laughs> but that's the point, right? Like it doesn't work for you. But and then, but well, the challenge is that 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 those individual differences people lose when we put out these oversimplifications, right? When we say like smart goals, like that's the thing everybody knows. Okay, well, there's a time and a place for that type of approach. There's a person that that works for and doesn't work for. There's a context. Like to me, the things that triggered my like changed viewpoints on this were from more of an academic standpoint were number one, some of the, the articles that Adam mentioned that were just kind of calling into question this idea of this fixed rigid way of approaching something that's really more complex. And yeah, we just like to take things that are complex and put something simple towards them. But then sometimes we lose the beauty of that complexity or the importance of that complexity. Number two was Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. Like before we even focus on the what and the how, we got to figure out the why. And then you can layer in, you know, some of these other things, the who, the when, the where, you know, all that stuff so that we can figure out the right what and how. And then the third was uh, a student of um, Carol Dweck, Carol Dweck, you know, focused on growth and fixed mindset. A student of hers, Heidi Grant Halverson, has written a couple books. One is titled Focus because the idea is, are we focusing on essentially on what we have to gain or what we have to lose? And there's some really interesting science behind that. And then the second um, is a book about goals. And through that, she talks about, it's kind of like an if then for goals. Okay, if this, then approach goals, maybe this way. If this, then maybe approach them this way. And I think that's such a much more powerful thing for people to think about when they're setting goals, rather than this typical notion of make sure it's specific, have a line in the sand. That's, you know, and other nuances of that. For sure. And I, but I, I think everything that gets popularized is at risk of being simplified. Absolutely. And so even, even the if then statements, if take if they get too popular, they're going to be overly simplified to the point of needing clarification again. Well, to the point about line in the sand, you know, I've, I've several clients I work with right now that the line of the sand is the kiss of death. You know, to Adam's point about you know it, it stifles their potential. The line in the sand is an obstacle to them not a vehicle to getting to where they want to go. So it becomes, and these are you know high performers that are really far along in their careers. And certainly as they were trying to get to where they're going in their careers, they inevitably have had to have goals and, and this process, right? But now at this point in their careers, having this notion, you know, it turns into expectations. It turns into, you know, a lot of times that loss perspective of, you know, what they have to lose versus what they have to gain. And that's when it gets in their way. Right. And so Certainly they think have to have that and make sure that they've got other things in place like processes. And I know it doesn't like that word either, but the actions, the bigger picture, how do I want to be? That's a lot of times my question to them is like, well, who do you want to be when you're out there performing? Because that is going to be a better compass for you right now than this goal you know you have. So that your statement that you don't like the term process or processes, can you elaborate on what you find problematic? I think it's just as Adam was getting to a lot of times people in a sports psych, we teach 
you know, that there's outcome goal. Everybody's familiar with that, right? There's performance goals, which are essentially like the midway goals, the improvements or changes you have to make, you know, the things you kind of have to do to get to those outcome goals. And then there's what quote unquote process goals. But inevitably what happens is as people try to set those things, they're not actions. But that's, that's what the intent of that is. Like, what actions do I have to take that are going to put me in the direction that I'm trying to go down? And then at some point, I've got to check in on those actions. See, okay, so is that, is that working? Is that not working? Is that getting me where I want to go? Okay, maybe I have to change an action. So I think that's what Adam was alluding to. That's what my point about it is, is when we say focus on the process people just for whatever reason i think they just miss the mark on what that means action is a you know actions focuses those might be better words to help people get at um what might be most impactful for them as adam noted that must be a skill because that's kind of at least intuitively how i think of what my goals are mm -hmm. is what are the actions i'm taking or the the focus that I need to take to to get to the next uh, I guess there might be some issue with the next step but uh, just I what process do I need to do to get there I think it's just that the the like as you were saying before anything that you know kind of gets out there into the world becomes overused and oversimplified in the world of sport at least you know focus on the process has become like this mantra <laughs> But then people don't necessarily know what that means. I think it's interesting. I don't know what percentage of our listeners are academics or related fields, but it's almost like as a, I'm an academic, but this part's not necessarily my arena. And so even like you guys throwing out terms and then saying it's overused or you don't like the term was educational and something that I wasn't aware of a lot of the terms because you know, in the in your circles, yeah, it's overused and it's misused, and mm -hmm. sometimes it reaches the popular vernacular, and the general public overuses it. But sometimes, uh, and it was, for example, just then when you clarified that the reason you think it's overused or the reason it's not a a good uh, verbiage to explain that particular phenomenon, I think is interesting because I would have yeah. known. It shows up was. in some contexts, right, that maybe some people are more familiar with than others. The one thing we didn't get back to, and I was just thinking about that now, um, was a point that Adam made with his story that he told at the beginning, this idea of accountability, right? Um, and like I said, I think I've heard a lot of people talking about that now. How do we hold people accountable, you know, and various iterations of that, Um and I, I think for me, that relates back to the point, one of the points I made towards the end, which is it, it's not about the goal. The goal is a tool. The goal is a compass. The goal is a vehicle. <laughs> you know, it, it, that's that. It's about what we're trying to leverage and ignite and sustain. That's the the in route there and I think that's what sometimes people forget about right like they're looking at accountability like basically how do we make people do what they're supposed to do and perform okay that's not the interesting question or at least not the interesting first question interesting first question to me at least is like but what is, so what is actually going on 
what are you seeing and what are you not seeing you know okay let's look at that a little bit and then the next interesting question is okay so how do we actually ignite people to show up and thrive and work together whatever the outcome needs to be and then to adam's story what is the what then is the approach that we want or need to take to our goals that will help people do that because isn't that really what it's about right whether it's weight loss or like you were talking about um you know an academia striving for tenure whether it's financial goals you know career goals what it's really about is not the goal it's about what, how we're trying to get there, why we're trying to get there and what we want that process to be like, right? Like, what do we want that experience to be like as we are working towards these things? As we're discussing this, it reminded me also of self-imposed goals versus Absolutely. systemic imposed or system imposed goals. And ones you have control over or don't, right? Like the ones you've set yourself or ones you're on, right? Like you are in academia, you're on that track. Yeah. You could make a big life change. And I say could, you know, in air quotes, like that may be easier said than done or just a nice idea, but not a potential reality. So, you know, you're, you're on that path, just like we were talking about with sales leaders. They have, they have goals they have to hit for their companies, for their jobs, right? Athletes, teams have goals. Like that's the whole point, right? Um, but the, as we were saying, the doing and the being part of that is really where people, I think, need to have their focus, not just on the goals. That's it. Took me uh, 45 minutes to get caught up with uh, the way you were framing <laughs> the definition of goals or the use of the word goals. We probably have to have another one to get, get some more of these issues. I mean, to me, I, you know, I think about why I got into psychology is like a broader, you know, the broad field, right? To me, it's just, it's the curiosity. And I was, I was uh, doing like a, a professional development course the other day. And the, one video I was watching in this course uh, talked about how we, I think it's research has shown around age four or five is when our curiosity peaks and then it starts to decline. And then there are all these ways to your question about youth sport and all that, that we like steal that from people as we get older and older. To me, that's, that's why I got into psychology. I just thought it was so fascinating to think about how do we work and like, why do we work that way? And what happens if we do this to, you know, Joe's point about experiment, what happens if we do that? What happens if we approach it that way? that's where you know we've lost that in this kind of goal world and uh you know discussion and and society focus on goals we've lost the the really to me at least we've lost the interesting parts and those interesting parts are going to help us leverage our psychology to be able to achieve the things that we want to or end up in different places that we never knew or we never thought we'd get to well it might not be apparent from the conversation, but I'm not a, like a diehard, like I can't, I couldn't comprehend how the things that you were saying, the steps you were saying, at least the way I was conceptualizing them were not goals, but I'm not one that says, like I could ad adopt Joe's approach if it wasn't that, uh, it's not a situation like where you have to get tenure, that type of thing. I could see someone taking a personal approach 
that matches that. So it would be interesting to find somebody that's uh, the complete opposite of uh, that view and maybe have yeah. you join us as well. So like the, you have to have goals, like they're diehard. One and must do it a I've, different way. I've worked with people like that. And to me, the question isn't which one is right. To me, the question is, does it help or hinder that person in general and in that moment in time or for whatever's going on for them? If it helps, it, it, it helps them get to where they're trying to go or be how they're trying to be, great. If it doesn't, then we might have to rethink things. Uh, that would allude to the or tie back. I've used allude too much today, but that'll, <laughs> that'll tie back to the uh, individual differences, right? Some people are going to benefit from a different approach. So. And different time points. You know, to me, the contextual intelligence piece is important too. You know, the person's performance domain and role, the timing, you know, the particular situation they're in, as we talked about, whether it's a choice they're making or something that, you know, they kind of have less choice or no choice really in. All of these are really important considerations to think about what this process can and dare I say, should look like for someone. <laughs> and it, this is kind of out of left field, but I don't know if you recall Mike Squires talking about the reason he did two releases a week, two podcast mm -hmm. releases a week for the Caltrips podcast is that he had certain goals and he's maintained it for over a year now. And based on the metrics that I've seen, if it was a growth strategy, it's definitely working. His uh, presence is larger. His episodes are obviously generating more buzz. So, but that's something, speaking of individual differences, we took the opposite strategy and we've actually, this season, we reduced the amount of releases. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I guess next year we'll, next season we'll do two a week. Go back. <laughs> 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 well, and there are inevitable things that everybody has to consider, right, in terms of beyond just, you know, the, the task before them, other, you know, the other things going on, right, which certainly play a role. But I don't know, one thing, I think this is partly from me as I've gone throughout my own life and striving and goals and also, uh, you know, throughout coaching others and just continuing to think things and rethink things. I think I just, I f help, I try to help people focus not just on the what and the how, but as I said, on the why, but also like who they are and who they want to be as part of that process. I said that to a client the other day, you know, you're, you're striving for these big things. You know that, you know, a couple of years from now, when you are in a different point in your life, are you going to look back? And I phrase it as a question, like, what are you going to look back and care about? Because that's, that's something useful to think about. Are you going to care about who you were and how you showed up and whether you wanted to be there and wanted to devote the time to what you're doing and were present, or are you going to care about what you did or did not do? And the answer might be mixed. You can care about both. But I think it's worth thinking about both, at least, right? Because we err too much, at least in this, in our culture, right? Or um, as one of my clients put it, the American rat race, right? like we err on the side of just we strive, we strive, we strive. And there are obvious reasons that we have to do that um, in many cases. 
but we can also focus on, you know, who we want to be and what we want the experience of that to be like. To that point of looking back and asking, is that where we wanted to be? This is the last episode of The Paths of Sealed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, of course, but it's, uh, and actually I had a serious thing that the joke made me forget. So, um, well, I just think, you know, when I think about my wheelhouse, right, and what my role is with clients, and and to myself, right, if I'm thinking about my my own inner coach, to me, it, it goes back to something Adam said, which is, how do we unlock potential and, you know, focus on thriving, because that's what's going to get us to where we want to go. So we have to make sure that we have whatever approach we're taking to our goals is helping us achieve those aims otherwise we won't enjoy it at the very least or uh, we won't get to where we want to go one is supposed to enjoy things uh yeah you know in theory (laughs) (laughs) awesome well it's not every day one gets to speak to the caliber of our guests today so thanks for taking the time to help have the conversation with them and of course the this analysis thanks everybody for listening the path still is hosted by kevin harris and lauren tashman created and produced by kevin harris the content is copyrighted by the path distilled all right preserved.